0: Well hello Summit Church family, my name is Andy, I'm the pastor at our Oak Ridge location and it is so good to be with you. We are so glad that you guys are joining us in person at Kernersville, all of you joining us in person over in Oak Ridge. All of you who are joining us online, thank you so much for joining us. Whether you're sitting at the beach with a little sand beneath your toes, I'm really jealous right now. But we are so glad that you are joining us online as today we are kicking off a brand new series called Foolproof. Foolproof. now I know what you're thinking. You're like, Andy, why are we doing a whole series on foolishness? I mean, what is this all about? This isn't something I really struggle with. I don't struggle with foolishness. I consider myself pretty wise. Let me just tell you, I am in the same boat. I feel the same way as you do. And I'm just like, why are we doing this? But then I thought about it, and I was like, you know, this is the second time I've been asked to speak on this topic in the last few years. So evidently Pastor Jonathan must think I have a lot of experience when it comes to foolishness and there's something that he wanted me to share with you today. So this is why we're doing this cuz I would imagine at some point in your life you have said something along the lines as well as I have is man what was I thinking? I cannot believe that I did that. I cannot believe that I said that. Man, what was I thinking? I cannot believe that I did that. Now, let's just acknowledge the fact that isn't it easier to see the foolishness in other people than it is in ourselves, right? I mean, it's so much easier, y'all, to see foolishness in y'all than it is in me, right? I mean, we it's so much easier. And now, social media has made it so simple for us to see the foolish things that other people do. In fact, sometimes I will be scrolling through social media at the house and I just bust out laughing, and my wife, Stephanie, if she'll come in. She's like, What are you laughing about? I'm like, Baby, baby, look at this. You ain't gonna believe what this fool did. Can you believe that he did something so stupid? Can you believe that she posted this picture? Can you believe she, was, she thought that was a good idea? I can't believe she commented like that. And then Stephanie says, Well, don't they go to our church? I'm like, Yeah. They do. So we sit around and look at the foolish things that y'all do from time to time. But it's so easy to see foolishness in other people. In fact, as I was preparing for this talk, I took a few screenshots of something stupid y'all did. No, nothing you did. You ready? Here we go. Check this one out. Anybody seen this? Look at this guy. I mean, I guess it's one way to save some money on gas commuting to work. Now, let me tell you, I've been to Africa and uh, multiple times in Africa when you're traveling around in the country... They'll, you'll see something like this, but there'll be like 10 other guys stacked on top of this. It looks like the circus, I'm just saying. But here in the States, here in the interstate, I'm not sure what this guy was thinking. I mean, where are you going to hold your coffee? I, I don't know where you place that on your commute into work. Or how about this one? This is up at Blues Lake. Check this out. Is that anybody here? It's over at Oak Ridge. I know it's somebody in Oak Ridge. Look at this guy. He just pulls his boat right up in the van. I guess it's creative in the fact that if you can't afford you know, a boat trailer, then just get you a van. Pull that sucker right up in there. Now, I'm gonna tell you right now, when he upgrades to like a pontoon boat or something like that, mm, ain't gonna cut it. You're gonna to have to get a trailer, dude. All right, so our family loves camping. I had to throw this one in here. Look at this. That's an RV, Clark. <laughs> See, this right here is what we call a fifth wheel camper. Now, a fifth wheel camper, in order for you to pull this thing the way it's supposed to be pulled, you need a truck. Okay, Because in the truck bed is where you actually attach the hitch that's built for a fifth-wheel camper. And uh, obviously, they don't have a truck. So what did they do? They got creative. They went down to the junkyard. They bought a back end of a truck because they could afford that. That's much cheaper than buying a truck. They buy that, and they hook this thing up. Now, creative in the fact that now you have a place to maybe put your campfire wood or your bicycles or your beach chairs But let me just tell you, when you get going down 220 uh, toward Myrtle Beach and that thing's running 70 miles an hour, they're going to have a moment where they're like, man, what were we thinking? This wasn't such a good idea. Now, I'll save the best to last. You guys remember about five weeks ago, there was a gas shortage? Everybody remembers that, right? And like... Gas stations were starting to run out of gas, and people were hoarding gas. I mean, there were lines all over the place. People were literally filling up anything and everything that they could find. Maybe you saw this on social media. It's actually a video, so check this out. (laughs) Right? I know, I love this. Sorry about the, uh, like I said, it's a screenshot of a video, so this is the best I could get. So let me just point out, if you've seen the video, you know that there is a hole in the back. And the gas is leaking through the bag. Now, she's really smart, y'all. What does she do? She goes back to her trunk, pulls out a second bag, and she just double bags this sucker. It's like, you know, if you've got a gallon of milk, just double bag it and just tie it up a little bit tighter. She places this bag in her trunk and drives away. Now, I would imagine when she gets to where she's going and she opens the trunk and she sees that there's no longer any gas in the bag and it's all over her trunk, she's probably going to have one of those moments where she goes, what was I thinking? Or worse, maybe she wakes up at the hospital because this bag of gasoline has now exploded in her trunk. She's going to have one of those moments like, what was I thinking? And it's so much easier for us to see the foolishness in other people, but let me just let you in on a little secret. Other people look at you and they look at me and they go, what was Andy thinking? What was he thinking when he decided to do that? What was he thinking when he said that? In fact, if you're in any sort of relationship, if you know how to speak words out of your mouth, there's probably been some point in your life where you stuck your foot so far up in your mouth. Anybody else? All of us husbands, we know exactly what I'm talking about. And you know it right away. As soon as you say it, you're just like, Oh my gosh, did that, I hope I just thought that. I hope I didn't actually say that. I hope those words didn't come out of my mouth. And it's like, as soon as you say it, you're wanting to like, ah, grab the words and stuff them back in your mouth, but it's too late. You see the fire in her eyes. Her eyes have turned red and it's like, what was I thinking? See, this happened to me just a few weeks ago. I know you're like already disappointed in me, right? But this is why I got asked to speak on this topic. See, this happened to me just a few weeks ago. I was preparing for my wife's uh, 40th birthday at our house. We had some of our small group over from church. Uh, we had our family over. And this was going to be an outdoor party. And just like you do, we go crazy. You know, we've got to get everything in order because people are coming over. we got to clean up. And I had to get the yard looking good. I was spraying weeds every day. I'm like, you just let me find a weed. I'll kill it. And I put out fresh pine needles and fresh mulch. Y'all, we have two and a half acres of land. So it was like 13 yards of mulch that I shoveled. I'm just saying, oh, my goodness. And I was out there on a Saturday morning. My wife comes out, and she's like, hey, babe, it's looking good. I'm like, thanks, baby. Anything for your birthday? You know, just like that. And she's like, hey, I tell you what, I'm going to finish my cup of coffee, and when I get done, I'll come back out and help you finish this. I'm like, okay, sounds good. So she goes back in the house, and I go back to shoveling mulch. You know, I'm just going at it. 10 minutes goes by. And I'm just shoveling mulch. 20 minutes goes by. 30 minutes goes by. 45 minutes goes by. And Stephanie comes back outside the house. Now, let me just tell you, my wife wasn't just sitting on the couch drinking a fourth cup of coffee. She was actually getting some things done because you know how it is. You have a list of all these things to get done. She was getting other things done. But she walks back out after 45 minutes. I'm just telling you, y'all gonna be disappointed and this come out of my mouth i'm like hey babe how's that cup of coffee going huh she's like what did you say uh something about coffee did you put sugar in your coffee did you have cream in your coffee i had a cup of coffee this morning it was good it's good she said that ain't what you said i'm like no and you know it as soon as you say it you're like I cannot believe that those words came out of my mouth. What was I thinking? Now, here's why this is so important. And you already know this. You already know this, but I want to remind everybody. Here's why this is so important. The foolish things that we do and the foolish things that we say, they have consequences. You know this. They have consequences. The foolish things you do, the foolish things you say, they have consequences. And, yes, sometimes the consequences are greater than others. Sometimes the consequences are life-altering. And sometimes the consequences are not that bad. In fact, let me give you some examples. Ever experienced the thing called buyer's remorse? Yeah, you've done that. We've all done that where you just had to have something. You talked yourself into it. You're like, I got to get this thing. I deserve that new car. Man, I'm going to look good in that new truck. I'm going down there to the dealership. I'm getting me a new truck. I'm going to cruise through downtown Kernersville, downtown Stokesdale, laid back. I deserve this new truck. And you go down there, and it's a sign from God because the salesperson is willing to throw in a free keychain. And you're like, this this is it. The Lord has told me that this is what I'm supposed to do. So you sign that dotted line, and everything goes good for about a month and a half. And then what happens? That first payment of the next 72 months comes due, and you're like, what was I thinking? Or the credit card bill comes due, and you're like, hey, babe. Did we really spend $400 at Costco on toilet paper? I'm just trying to figure this out. I mean, you've probably experienced buyer's remorse at some point in your life. Maybe for some of you, because of something foolish you did, because you jumped off something you shouldn't have jumped off of, or you rode something you shouldn't have got on, now you have a scar on your body. And now the consequences is something physical that you've done. You just loved him so much at the age of 18, you needed to get his name tattooed on your body. And now you look back and you're like, what did I do? That was foolish. I don't even know that guy anymore. The foolish things that we do have consequences. But even worse, maybe for you, you said something or you did something or your spouse did something. And now your marriage is broken. Now you're divorced because of something foolish you did or because of something foolish you said. And now there's a broken home. You see, the foolish things that we do, they have consequences. And I know you. I know you better than this. You don't want to live a life full of foolishness. You don't want to live a life full of regrets, full of consequences, both to you, causing harm to you, but also to the people that you love. See, life is full of opportunities and moments and decisions where we're going to look back on and we're either going to say, man, what was I thinking? Now I'm living with the consequences of that foolish decision or that foolish thing that I did. Or oh, we're going to look back and we're going to be like, man, I'm so glad that I didn't do that. I'm so glad that I didn't say that. Pastor Craig Rochelle is a pastor out of Life Church in Oklahoma. And I heard him say this a while back. He said that we make our decisions in life and our decisions end up making us. We make our decisions in life, and our decisions end up making us. In other words, the decisions that you and I make right now, whether they're wise decisions or they're foolish decisions, they're going to be the stories that we tell in the future. The decisions that you make right now are going to be the stories that are one day told about you. And I get it, sometimes foolish decisions, they can get a good laugh. I mean, one day when you're looking back, you can share a story of something foolish you did, and maybe it's a good, funny story. Maybe it's one of those things that you post on social media and you get a few likes and it may even go viral. But I know you better than this. That's not the stories that you want to tell. That's not the stories that you want to be told about you. So throughout this series, we're going to learn what it means to make less foolish decisions in our lives. Live with less regrets in our lives. Live with less consequences in our lives and make wiser decisions decisions. So in order to do that, we're going to look at this book in the Old Testament called Proverbs. You've probably heard of Proverbs before. It is chalked full of wisdom. And King Solomon actually contrasts the decisions that we make between wise decisions and foolish decisions. And if you know anything about King Solomon, the author of this Proverbs, he was King David's Son, and he became king at a very early age, around the age of 12 years old. Now, imagine middle schoolers here joining us online. Imagine if you were given the opportunity to become king or queen of a nation at the age of 12. I would imagine you're like, Man, I could have some fun with that. That would be cool. My little brother would be serving me. I'm just saying, this would be awesome. My parents would have to serve me. Well, maybe it would be fun for a little bit, but eventually. You've got, you got to start taking this responsibility serious. And see, King Solomon knew that the opportunity that God had given him was a huge responsibility. and He wanted to steward this opportunity well. So he asked God at a very early age to give him wisdom and understanding beyond his years. And here's how God responds. God says, I will give you what you have asked for. I will give you a wise and, underst- a wise and understanding heart such as no one else. Has had or ever will have. This is God speaking. I mean, you're talking about a resume. When God says, I'm going to make you wiser than anybody else who's ever lived or ever will live, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good resume. If we're going to look at how to make wiser decisions in our life, then this will be a great start. And see, the cool thing about the book of Proverbs is King Solomon wrote this book. To his kids. He wrote this at, toward the end of his life before he died. He wanted to pass along the wisdom and understanding that God had given him in his life, but also from the mistakes that he made in his life as well. So you and I get to benefit from this book that was written thousands of years ago that is chock full of wisdom for us. So here we go. We're gonna look, out, we're gonna look at Proverbs all throughout this series, but we're gonna start off with this one. Proverbs 14, 16 says this. One who is wise... Is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. See, this daddy is saying to his kid, Hey, listen, one who is wise is cautious. Cautious here means to avoid potential dangers, okay? So think about it. We just all agreed that the foolish things that we do in this life, the foolish things that we say, they have consequences. So King Solomon is saying to his kids, Listen, Be wise, be cautious, and turn away from them. He says, listen, as you see the potential danger, the potential consequences, choose to say, I'm going to avoid that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to turn away with that. But he says, a fool is reckless and careless. They just plow right into something. They don't give anything, the time or attention that it needs before they make a decision. But a wise person is cautious. Moving on. King Solomon says this, wise people, what's that word? They think. Everybody say think. A wise person thinks before they act. Fools don't. And they even brag about their foolishness on social media. (laughs) No, it doesn't say that. But I think if King Solomon were writing this for our time today, he would definitely add that because y'all, some of y'all be bragging about your foolishness all over social media and King Solomon's like, no, 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 that's what a fool does. A wise person thinks. In other words, what King Solomon is saying is, hey, before you make that decision, before you do that, before you jump off that, before you say that, before you send that email, before you send that text, you should pause. You should pause. Before you do any of that, you should pause and you should think. Okay, God, a wise person thinks. A wise person is cautious. They avoid potential danger. They think about the consequences that could come from this decision. So they pause and they think, man, before I do that, what are the potential consequences that could happen? You know, before I send that email, before I send that text, before I post that picture on social media, what are the potential consequences that could come from this decision? You know, before I purchase that new truck, I'm not going to think about, do I deserve a new truck? Would I look good in a new truck? Can I afford a new truck? No, a wise person is going to think, you know, as I think about the next 72 months of my life, is this decision going to be one that I'm going to regret? I might not have buyer's remorse. When it comes to this decision, is it going to tie my hands financially for 72 months? But see, God has called me as a Christ follower to live open-handedly, to live a life of generosity. And as I think about this next 72 months, this potentially is going to tie my hands See, a wise person pauses and they think. Middle school, high school students, listen to me. This is so true for you. I know, I know you like your boyfriend. He's so good looking. And I know you look at her and you're like, man, she is hot. Woo! A wise person pauses before they put themselves in a position where they're alone on the couch or alone in the bedroom. And they think through. They go, man, man. Before I do this, before I go there, what are the potential consequences that could come from this decision? What am I going to w- look back on and wish that I would have done in this situation? Does this honor God? Before I do this, I'm going to pause and I'm going to think. There's some of you right now, you're in a happy marriage to a certain extent, and something started out very innocent maybe with a coworker, where you just went out to lunch and All of a sudden, you find yourself kind of, man, you know, my wife really hasn't taken care of herself lately, and she's pretty good looking, or, man, you know, my husband hasn't said the nice words that he used to say about me, and this person just makes me feel really good. Wake up, y'all. It's a lie from the devil. A wise person pauses, they think, and they go, Man, is this the potential that this could turn into something it was never meant to be? Is there a potential here that this could ruin my marriage? Is there a potential here this could wreck my family? What are the consequences that could come from this decision? A wise person stops, they pause, they think about the consequences. And now that we have paused because this is such a huge, huge, important thing for us to do, there's two things I want you to think about in the pause. The first one is this. When you pause... We're going to seek wisdom from God. We're going to seek out wisdom from God. See, King Solomon knew at a very early age that in order to honor God with his life, in order to honor and steward the opportunity that God had given him, the responsibility that he had given him, that he needed the wisdom of his heavenly Father, the one who created him, the one that was already on the other side of every decision that he was going to make because he's not limited to time. Why would we not seek out the wisdom of our heavenly Father? This is how he says it. Look at this. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would find silver. Seek them like a hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. King Solomon knew it would be important that he would need to ask God for the wisdom that he needed that was much greater than what he had in him. And let me just tell you, you have the same God who is offering that to you. James reminds us in the New Testament in James 1-5 that if you want wisdom from our generous God, simply ask him. Simply ask God for wisdom. See, as a parent, are we willing to share the wisdom that God has given each of us with our kids? I mean, think about it. If you've already lived life, you've done, you've made some mistakes in your life, and you see your kids starting to grow up, and you see them going down a road, and you're like, Ugh, I did that. I know what that looks like. I, I get it. But let me just share some wisdom for you. This is how this could play out. And I'm telling you, you don't want to go down that road. Isn't it true that we're willing to share the wisdom with our kids? So why is it that we don't feel like our Heavenly Father would be willing to share his wisdom with us as well? So what does that look like? One, we pray. And we're like, God, would you just help me in this decision? God, I don't want to live a life full of foolishness. I don't want to live a life of regrets and consequences. God, would you help me? Father, I'm asking for your wisdom in this moment. And then we open up his word. See, God gives us the Bible, his word. And it's chock full of wisdom for your life. You can read it and go, listen, if it's black and white in there, it ain't a good idea for your life. It ain't God's best for your life. It's full of wisdom. So we're going to pause and we're going to seek out the wisdom of God. The second thing that we're going to do is this. We're going to pause and we're going to seek wisdom from others. We're going to seek wisdom from the people that God has placed in our life. This is how King Solomon says it. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you're going to get in trouble. See, we all just agreed that there's going to be consequences to the foolish things that we do and the consequences to the foolish things that we say. King Solomon says, if you hang out with fools, you are going to get in trouble. You see, as a parent, remember, this is a dad leaving this wisdom to his kids. As a parent, This is a drop-the-mic verse for me. As a parent, if I could just get my girls to understand this principle. Hey, listen, girls, walk with the wise and you're going to become wise. But if you associate with fools, you're going to get in trouble. In fact, it's been said for teenagers because you're in such an influential time in your life that if you want to know what the next five years look like for your life, then just show me your five closest friends. If you want to know what the next five years look like for your life, then show me the five people that you're surrounding yourself with that have the most influence in your life. Because this principle that King Solomon was teaching his kids thousands of years ago is still true for us today, and we know it even as adults. We look back on our life, and I guarantee you, you would agree some of the most foolish things that you ever did, some of the most foolish things that I ever did was when I was walking with foolish people. But on the contrary, the most wise decisions that I've ever made was when I was surrounding myself with wise people. Walk with the wise and you will become wise. See, as parents, isn't this true for us? I mean, I think about all the stages of my girls' lives. They're now 13 and 11. But I think about when we first brought them home from the hospital. And you're like, everything is new. I have no clue what I'm doing. Why would anybody let me leave the hospital with this child? I don't know what I'm doing. And it's like the first time you change that diaper and it's green poop, you're like, ah, or it's like all up their back. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, how did it blow out? We call those diaper blowouts. What do you do? You pick up the phone and you call somebody who's a little bit further down the road that has a little bit more wisdom in this area than you. And you're like, Hey, I know you're the wisest person when it comes to green poop. So I just want to know, is this normal? What do I do here? As my girls start to grow up and now they're, you know, they're reaching those teenage years and you're like, I don't even know who this kid is anymore. It's like they look at you like you're just stupid. And you're like, where did my little girl go? What do we do? Wise people phone a friend who's a little bit further down the road and they're like, hey, you know, I'm not sure what's happening here. And they're like, oh, it's, it's completely normal. It happens to everybody. Here's what you should do. Here's how you should handle it. Press into this. Stay away from that. See, wise people seek out the wisdom of other people. Some of the wisest decisions that I've ever made financially, y'all, is when I surrounded myself with financially wise people. But fools look back on their life and they see the trouble that they found themselves in. Let me just challenge you with this. If you look back on the last year or two of your life, and there seems to be a pattern of foolish things that you've done. And you see that pattern of foolish things you've done. And it's the same people in the picture every time. Or it's the same people with you. It may be time to get some new friends. And I know that's really, really hard to hear. But King Solomon says, walk with your wise and you will become wise. See, this is why it's so important. This is why we push you all the time to get into a group here at the summit. Now, I'm not saying if you get into a group, everybody in your group is gonna be wise, but what I know about group life and what's true for my group is that in this circle of people, Everybody is moving in the same direction. They're wanting to honor God with their decisions. They're wanting to make the wisest decisions that honor God's principles. And in that circle, we can bounce ideas off of each other. We can say, hey, I was thinking about this. What do you think about this? Hey, you're a little bit further down the road in this area. What are your thoughts when it comes to this? Impact students, listen to me, middle school, high school students. This is why it's so important for you to come on Wednesday night and be invested into and have people invest into your life because I get it. You don't think your parents are that smart. My girls don't either. It's okay. But we want you to be in a circle of other people who want the best for you, who look at your life and go, hey, listen, I I know, but you don't want to go down that road because there's trouble. There's consequences ahead of that. And a wise person pauses and they think before they do it. Now we've paused. We've seeked out the wisdom of God. We've seeked out the wisdom of others, and now we're faced with a decision. What am I going to do? One of the best questions I've ever heard to ask, and it comes from Andy Stanley. He says, when you're faced with a decision, you should ask yourself, what is the wise thing for me to do in this situation? It's not always black and white. It's not always right or wrong. But what is the wise thing for me to do? In fact, he says it like this. He says, in light of my past circumstances, In light of my current realities, in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do in this situation? In light of my past circumstances, my current realities, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? See, y'all, if the decisions that you make and the decisions that I make really are the stories that we're going to tell in the future, we have to get this right. We have to get this right. There's consequences with foolish decisions, and none of you want to live out those consequences. I want to share one more thing that I hope will drive this point home. I love sports. I love watching sports. I love that now my girls are old enough that they're playing sports, and they play fast-pitch softball. Let me just tell you, when you get up to the age of 13 and 11, fast-pitch softball gets a little bit intense. It gets really intense. And the girls this year have had a really, really good season. But if you've ever been to a sporting event, you've probably seen something like this. The girls will be leading the game, and, like, it's close to the end of the game, and, like, we're up by four or five runs, and the girls have to go out and play defense. The other team gets one last bat. And we're like, oh, we just need three outs, and this ball game is over. You've probably seen this happen. The other team, somebody will hit a good shot, and, like, the girls get excited. They overthrow the ball to first, and they start making silly errors. And all of a sudden, the, the score is now... We're only up by like two. It's been cut in half. And you feel the momentum starting to shift, and a good coach recognizes this, and what do they do? They look at the ump, and they say, I need a timeout. I need a timeout. They run out to the mound, and this has happened so many times. They pull the girls in, and they're like, listen, I get it. We've made a few mistakes here, but don't let the mistakes define us going into the future. Hey, let's don't think about that. Let's worry about the next play. They go back to fundamentals. They say, hey, listen, Let's just go back to the fundamentals of what softball is all about. So if this ball is hit to shortstop, where are we going to go with the ball? We're not going to make silly errors from here on out because the game is about to be over. And the momentum has shifted, and we need to get it back. I love college basketball. I am a huge Wake Forest Demon Deacon fan. Now, I get it. We ain't had really a lot to cheer for in the last, I don't know, too many years. But in the name of Jesus, that is all going to change. We're going to have a great basketball season. Everybody say it with me. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we're going to have a great basketball season. I love college basketball. And if you watch college basketball, you know what I'm talking about. Teams, it's all about runs. It's all about runs, especially in tournament time. You'll have a team that's behind, and all of a sudden they go on a 12-0 run, a 15-0 run, and the momentum of the game has just shifted. And what does a good coach do? They say, I need a T.O., baby. Dick Vitale's in on the broadcast, and he's like, get a T.O., I need a T.O. He calls a timeout. He pulls the team over to the side. He talks to his assistant coaches that are there on the bench. He seeks out the wisdom. He says, you know, I know we were playing a man-to-man defense, but maybe we need to switch to a zone defense in order to get the momentum back. We just need to shut them down, and we need to get some points going here. I love football. I love my Carolina Panthers. And at the end of a football game, if we even have a chance to win, which I'm really hoping that's going to change too, I'm just like, well, y'all are like, why does this guy cheer for so many losing teams? I don't know. God bless him. But at the end of the game, Carolina will line up on the line. It's third down in like three feet or three yards or something like that. And we got to get to the first down. We're in the red zone. We just need to score and we're going to win the game. And the play clock is ticking down and the quarterback, he's getting ready to hike the ball. And you've seen it happen. The coach runs down the sidelines. He's like, timeout, timeout, timeout. He calls a timeout. He pulls the team over. He he gets with his guys, his coaches up in the press box, and he says, Did you see the way the defense was lining up? I think we need maybe need to rethink what we were about to do. Because this next play is a huge play. The next play could determine the outcome of the game. See, so my question to you is, if we can see the need for a timeout in a sporting event where the outcome is just who wins or loses the game, not the season, not their entire life then how much more important is it for us before we make foolish decisions to call a timeout and say, you know what, we need to pause. You know, before I move into this decision, before I go recklessly into this decision, I need to pause. And I need to think, God, what are the potential consequences of this decision? What is the potential things that could harm those that I love? Why are we not willing to call a timeout to call a pause and say, I need to think this through. I need to seek out the wisdom of God. I need to seek out the wisdom of other people that God has allowed to be in my life. You see, if the decisions that you and I make today really are the stories that we're going to tell and the stories that are gonna be told about us, then this is too important for us to get it wrong. You wanna tell stories that can highlight God that can highlight God's principles in your life. You want your kids to grow up and see the stories that you're telling of wisdom, not foolishness. So we're gonna pause and we're gonna ask God, God, give me wisdom. We're gonna pause and we're gonna seek out the wisdom of others so that we tell beautiful stories in our life. Father, God, I I need this. God, we need this. Father, you know my heart, God, you know that I don't want to make foolish decisions. God, I don't want to live a life full of regrets where I look back and I go, man, what was I thinking? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? God, I want to make wise choices so that the stories that are told about me and the stories that are told about all my friends here are beautiful stories, not stories of regret. God, right now in this moment, I ask for wisdom for myself and I ask for wisdom for everybody who is listening to this message that God, you would give us wisdom beyond ourselves, that God, we would seek out wisdom from other people, God, that we would walk with the wise, and God, maybe today we need to change some of our circles of influence. Maybe there's a teenager here, God, that needs to pause and think through the consequences of the decisions that they are making. God, help us to seek out your wisdom and to seek out the wisdom of others because we wanna tell beautiful stories. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus, amen.